was Gucci, Chris Lamar. Yo, let's get straight to it. How did I learn how to trade in the stock market? So let's we gonna. It is March fifth, two thousand twenty-two. We gonna ride it back, and we gonna go back in time like a good soups episode. We gonna we gonna go back in time to before Harvey Specter was a a, a name partner. <laughs> Yo, shout out suits, shout out billions. So. Like most dudes, you know what I'm saying? You're infatuated with money, cars, women, you know. So I love Wall Street 1, Money Never Sleeps, Wall Street 2, you know, love Boiler Room. You either got a wicked jump shot or you sling coke crack. Let's go. Let's get it. You know, I love, like, you know, poker movies, rounders. If you're at the table... And you don't know who the sucker is, it's you. You know what I'm saying? You gotta avoid the grind or life will become the grind. So shout out Rochester, New York, 585. No, no, we're, we're gonna take it back to high school. So I'm in the economics. So we doing an experiment like like we're on the floor of the Chicago pits, you know, trading bushes a week. So, you know, I I just was just placing a bunch of trades and then whatever people wanted to trade the bunch of wheat for, I would just trade it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just intuitively, you know, stumbled upon on accident, you know, going thin to win and, and making a market that was like penny wide, like a, a, a efficient market that was penny wide. So, because some people be like, yo, you know, if I can't get, you know, $50 profit, I don't want to do it. But I'm like, yo, let's, let us keep trading. It's all about trading, trying to get a lot of occurrences. So, like, that kind of piqued my interest in trading into the stock market. So, when I went to a community college, I initially was a bio dropout. I was an engineering dropout. <laughs> you know, my whole thought was I'm looking for a gig that can make six figures. So, I think my... Spring my 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 spring semester, I took economics. So um, my professor, um, he used to uh, reorganize the debt at the Port Authority. He worked for like this big Wall Street firm. So like he was cool, you know. So we were talking about money and stuff like that, talking about macro and microeconomics. So I would like. Go to the bookstore and rent like investing books. You know, I read books on, you know, Warren Buffett and whatnot. And, you know, watch Mad Money Kramer and then watch Susie Ortman. And um, when I transferred, I, I um, initially went to Monroe Community College, MCC, Rochester, New York. I transferred to Canisius College in Buffalo. Um, Jesuit institution, Majus means getting more. They like to say the intellectuals of the Catholic Church. So I was a finance major. The school was known for um, this accounting program. So I took intro to finance, um, talking about like car financing, um, mortgage, amortization tables. Like, so it's so a basic finance. 
So in the spring semester, I took investments, um, finance 311. The teacher was, was um, I think, Ryber. I'm not sure like what he used to do, but he like drove like a BMW. So one day during the spring semester, I had my introduction to options derivative trading. So like for the people that's into Marvel, how how they feel about Marvel is kind of how I feel about the derivatives market. From a growing up being a working class from a working class family, not necessarily having any money. I because you know, in when I took other finance courses. I was like, when they talk about buying stock, it's kind of a, a, a rich man's game. You know what I'm saying? You got to have you got to have deep pockets or work for a tech firm getting stock options um, to accumulate a lot of stock, at least my um, in my mind. Or you just can't fucking eat out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like in my mind, it was like, oh, you to buy stocks, you got to have some money and fucking making Whatever it was, like $130 a week on work study and paying $200 for car insurance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to get into this finance game, but I, I didn't have no money to buy no stocks. So the option game was like a little, it seemed more realistic for me. It seemed like this is a, this is a game that, that I can play. So we were talking about put options and call options. So I was intrigued. So this is junior year, spring semester. So senior year, I took portfolio management. So now we're talking about, you know, implied implied volatility, historical volatility. We're talking about, um, you know, portfolio management and having, um, you know, the difference between allocating between stocks and bonds. But then the spring semester, or maybe I can't remember if I took it the spring or the um, fall, but I took derivatives. So now in derivatives, we're, we're talking more. OK, we're talking about, you know, swaps, warrants, but a lot of option contracts. So we're talking put spreads, you know, buying spreads, buying, selling spreads, vertical spreads, horizontal spreads, calendar spreads, you know, what I'm saying? so like. There was a um, alumni who was a pilot for one of the airlines, maybe United. I think his name was Michael Luria. So he had an account with um, E-Trade at the time. So he had like $800,000. So he would come in once a semester and talk about selling put. He was just selling naked puts. He was selling naked puts on very volatile tech Chinese companies. <laughs> so I go during the presentation. Oh, so you could do this with no money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's selling like put spreads and I'm not even sure what standard deviation he was selling it at. He was selling like put spreads for two, three dollars, four dollars a contract. I'm not even sure if this was like legitimate companies. He said that the um, companies were audited by the big three or big four accounting um, firms. You know, this is what he was saying, whatever. So now I seen this guy face to face. He's put up his account. He, he's trading derivatives and he actually make money. He said that he had started with $800,000. He was a, a pilot with no kids and he 
had accumulated to, you know, 800,000. So he started with 80 grand. He got to 800,000. He said he was going to write a book at when he got to a million. Who knows if he wrote a book? Who knows if he got to a million dollars? But in my mind, I there was proof of concept. You know, we were, you know, talking about this thing from a theory standpoint, right? So at this point, you know, I know, like, put, what's a put, you know, saying the option to, you know, buy, uh, you know, you know, a call, call options, put options, you know, so, you know, protective put if you want, if you think the stock market might want to go down. So it's like insurance. Uh, we know about cover calls. So if you own, let's say you own Apple and you want to get some, some more income, you can sell a call above the stock price. So let's just say a stock that you own is trading at a hundred dollars. You can sell a, a call at let's say $105 for 50 cents to bring in some some monthly cash and reduce your cost basis, right? So, and he knew about selling puts, right? So like, for example, if a stock is trading at 100 and you sell a put for a dollar at 95 and the stock um, stays above 95, then you get to keep the initial credit received. So I understood like the basics of the derivative market, but I didn't really understand how to make money. So when I graduated, moved to New York, ended up selling insurance, epic failure. So like the chick Lauren, who actually, she was like one of the second, um, um, black women to like trade on New York Stock Exchange. Like my New York experience wasn't like that. You know what I'm saying? So like her reality was my um, actually my pipe dream or my dream per se. And she's cute. I seen her on like the um, Hills 2.0, whatever. She was like being a financial advisor to like Heidi and Spencer. Like, yeah. So like, Lauren, if you ever listen to this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be a power couple. I think she's mad cute. Um, that's when they shoot that shot or whatever. But um, so so the New York thing was selling the handbag. I was there for a couple months, ran out of money, had to go back home. Right. So I was got a job because I went to Kenesha's working at City. So I was a, a mortgage back um, security claim. So what that means were um, different broker dealers would trade mortgage backed securities. And if they didn't settle on time, I would submit a claim for the interest owed on that trade that didn't settle in three days like it was supposed to. So that I worked there for a little bit. That job was getting migrated to India. They was, uh, they was, Migrating the, our department to like e-clerks. They eventually bought it back to the United States, but they was outsourcing that thing to Mumbai. I remember I was in a meeting and one of the ladies was like, yo, the big wigs came in. She was like, this is not good. So like, it was like a two week severance for me because I just had got hired. I got hired in like September and worked there like less than a year. So I got hired with Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor $45,000 base, passed my Series 7, and I failed the 66 twice. <laughs> so I got canned and um, had unemployment, moved to to Charlotte. So like you say, why do I did I explain all that? So like, so I'm in Charlotte and I'm on unemployment. 
So I got some time on my hands. So I'm still interested in the stock market. I'm applying for some finance jobs because, you know, Charlotte is kind of a financial hub. You know, Bank of America has a big presence there. Wells Fargo used to have the headquarters, which they moved to St. Louis, but still employ like 30,000 people. Um, like Wachovia, uh, SSBC had a presence there, but uh, Wells Fargo bought them out. Vanguard is there, had a big presence. Um, TIA Cref, um, LPL Financial, which is a clearing um, house, you know, had a big presence there. They actually moved to um, South Carolina. I mean, yeah, South Carolina was 30 minutes away or whatever, Fort Mill. And, um, like, UBS had, like, a call center there. So, there's a, there's a ton of finance jobs there. So, even, like, dudes would move from New York um, to go to Charlotte or whatnot. So, I was there, unemployment. So, I'm Googling, like, how to sell puts? How to sell puts? So, Tasty Trade comes up. So, I'm like, OD... Um, watching like how to learn how to trade derivatives, like portfolio management, risk management, how to profit, all things trading options. So I used to like put in like 45 minutes a day, you know what I'm saying? So like I, from like watching their podcasts, understanding like the different Greeks and, um, learning about cost basis and probabilities in the VIX. I knew enough to get hired on a trade desk um, in Chicago at like um, Charles Schwab or whatever. But like I lied about getting fired at Morgan Stanley. So they took my my um, my um, job offer away. Um, so I never actually moved to Chicago. But like I, I knew what the fuck I was talking about. You know what I'm saying? So I got a job um, updating cost bases um, for clients of independent advisors. So like, let's say, for example, um, you're an independent advisor. You work for like AXA Financial or whatever. LPL does like the clearing. So I was like updating the cost bases for the clients when people um, got stock that they inherited from family members who passed away or whatever the situation was. So I was doing that, working a bunch of overtime, making a thousand dollars a week. So I had a few dollars to, um, to trade and, um, the stock market. So since I was with, since I was getting my information from tasty trade, they, um, started Tom Snozdoff and, um, um, Scott Sheridan had started, and some other people, they started Thinkorswim, which originally got bought out by um, TD Ameritrade. So I opened an account with TD Ameritrade. Um, I would, I would like, I would get paid and I would put like two, three hundred dollars in there every week. So I got up to two thousand dollars, had enough to trade options. And um, since I was, you know, looking, watching the, the podcast, because um, like at, most banks, like for example, Wells Fargo, if you wanted to trade puts and put spreads, naked puts and put spreads, you got to have a hundred thousand dollars, you know what I'm saying? But at TD Ameritrade, you're going to take a test to um, express your domain expertise. So obviously, I was able to boom, pass the test. So, my, my first trade was a put spread 
and the Brazilian ETF, um, EWZ. So this time, I really don't know about like how to manage my profits, but I just knew that um, selling puts, you can make money. So I sold a put spread, like one standard deviation from where it was currently trading at the time for $40 profit. So like I, I held to expiration. So it was a $7 commission to place the trade. So I made like say $32 net profit. So now I really got proof of concept. I made $40. So my first trade was profitable. I made 30 motherfucking dollars. You can't tell me shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like the kid who was buying Tesla cars when it ran up and made 70 grand. But $30 was a piece of my American pie. Like, it didn't matter if you was black, if you was white. It didn't matter if you were gay in the stock market. No one gave a fuck. You know what I'm saying? It was liquidity. And you had... If you were trading derivatives, the trade that I made, there was a 70% chance of me making a penny on the trade, right? So you can increase your, your probability of profit if you limit your, your, your profitability. So you can increase the probability of you making money if you limit the profitability. So let's talk about that. So like when, 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 you, when you're talking about the derivatives market, right? It's, it's kind of like the matrix. You are in a different space, right? You're in a different zone because you're talking about buying stocks, fundamental analysis, technical analysis, you know, is the CEO and the management team going to make the company profitable? There's a lot of externalities when it goes to buying stock. But when it comes to the, the, the derivative market, we like to take the assumption that all the news is disseminated in the actual derivative price, right? So it's an efficient market. It's the most liquid market, right? So if you were to go to the bodega, right? Let's say you were in New York City and the mega millions is $30 million, right? You're, you're, you're paying a dollar, right? And you have the potential to make $30 million, right? So you're risking a dollar to make 30, but the probability of you making that 30 million, let's say is less than 1%, right? So on the flip side, I'm with that derivatives trade with the Brazilian ETF, I risk $400 to make 30, right? So you got one person, they play a lotto, they're risking a dollar, they make $30 million, $30 million. However, like people don't have a problem with risking a dollar to make $30 million with a less than 1% probability of actually making any money, right? But if you go say, yeah, this dude, you, you ain't shit, you risk $400, you know what I'm saying? To make $30, you closer to stupid, my dude. <laughs> but like, hold up, let's let's look at that, right? So I risk 400 to make, let's say 40. Keep keep the math simple. Let's say with that's a 10% return, right? Made that money in in 30 days. So I had an 80, let's say 70% chance. 70% chance of making 
the $30. I did one put spread, right? And I had a 30% chance. I'm like, yo, in, in my mind, shit, 70%. If you tell me I'm going to go on a date and I got a 70% chance of getting laid with this chick and she look halfway decent, <laughs> or I can go out with this suit, or I can DM on Instagram the supermodel and I got a less than 1% chance of her even fucking knowing that I exist. Like, yo, son, I'm about to take the 70% chance. You know what I'm saying? So I could be, you know what I'm saying, making it do what it do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um... So that was, I understood, I learned the probabilities of like the derivatives market and I was obsessed. So my first losing trade was I was fucking with Lizzie and Jenny and they was talking about the 3D printing company, DDD, hold on. And um, I placed that trade. I think I did like a call option and it went against me. And I just had closed the position out on the loss. And then I tried to do a derivatives trade on um, Coach, which was a fucking losing trade as well. So I, I had two losing trades. I had made money with Yahoo, uh, made like another $40. And then I may have... Yeah, I had to use the bathroom real quick. You know, unprofessional podcast. <laughs> Uh, that we're not gonna edit that out. We gonna keep it. We gonna keep it rolling, smoking. So, um, shout out to all the do-it-yourself investors. So, um, so I, I made some money and stuff like that. I was. I'm not sure what other stocks I was trading. So I didn't have enough money to like trade like the big boy stocks and shit like that. So I had my contract. Um, ended after tax season in May and I had to go to Wells Fargo. So I ended up having to close the account, right? So I didn't really trade until um, during the pandemic. Then I I had a Tasty Trade account that I opened, but never had enough money. So then during the pandemic, you know, motherfucking unemployment, $800 a week, or whatever, so I had plenty of enough money, and I now Tasty Trade has Tasty Work, so I got some money in there. I'm trading oil contracts, I'm trading gold contracts, I'm trading wheat, I'm trading natural gas. Which I lost money in wheat, lost money in natural gas. You know, I'm trading the options on the spools, the four slash ES. So I'm trading the SP 500 future options, which was my dream. But I'll go into that on a later podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to talk about the origin, the origin stories of how I learned how to make money on the internet. So how I made my first $30 trading the Brazilian ETF XYZ, baby. You know what I'm saying? So the $30 is not much to some people, but it was all the money in the world. And it was money that I made. Of my own decision making, you know, man, that made it real for me. So this is a little insights. We at the 20 minute mark, you know what I'm saying? Yo, subscribe and download because you already know I'm trying to make money off the pod, but I just wanted to express myself, be more creative. And I, you know, lost money in the stock market. I made money in the stock market and I and I can talk to talk about this shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not carrying a super trader, I don't manage any money, you know what I'm saying? But um 
I was going through my like transactions, my monthly transactions. So I'm pretty positive. Like um, at least last year I showed a um, positive um, P&L. You know what I'm saying? So I have many profitable trades. I usually stick with just trading um, oil, which I've lost money. But I think I'm pretty much up. And then also pretty much predominantly put spreads on the um, S&P 500. I like to do the um, the options on the ES minis and then options, put options on crude oil. So four slash CL. So we'll talk more about like what I do and like the logistics and probability of profits and, you know, how I make my decisions and like um, when is the best time to uh, put the trade on and how I take it off and all that jazz. But I do trade on um, the Chase Works platform and yo, like, like it, yo, download, subscribe, like run it up. This was a good podcast. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening. As always, we over and out.